Oh, anyways, Honeycutt, we were talking about the Arkansas game. I was not surprised by that at all. I think I was surprised by how, I mean, we really put it on. Okay, Honeycutt, I have been on the soap. So I obviously live in Dallas. I have a lot of friends that went to Texas. It is so clear to me that there is no program more overrated in the history of college football than two teams, Texas and Michigan. That it, it, there is no school as big of a joke as Texas, in my opinion. Welcome back to episode two of the FL FFFL podcast where we break down info of fantasy football and specifically from the FL FFFL League. I'm joined today by our two friends, co-commish slash co-host John Lassie and co-host William Myers. What's going on, guys? How are y'all doing? I'm good. It's Tuesday, which means football is really just one day away. Right around the corner. Yeah. Week two. John, how you feeling? I'm feeling pretty great. Today was a good day in the life of the FLFFFL podcast. We have a Twitter handle and an Instagram handle. So follow Shoot. us. We are official. Well, guys, I, I'm excited. We, we are one week down. We're through week one. I know. It's kind of disheartening that we're already a week through. It is if you're on the losing end. which Exactly, which I is was. my problem. Yeah, I feel you there, man. I feel you. Well, um, as we walk into it, let's maybe give one quick takeaway from week one from each of us. Will, what, what's a, a big takeaway for you? Yeah, it was a really tough week for several star running backs. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. Saquon Barkley, he was drafted eighth in our league. His average draft position in all ESPN leagues was five, and he did not produce. Now, with Saquon, there was a little bit of tempered expectations there because he is – the Giants are bringing him along very slowly after recovering from his injury, but – Still, you know, he was drafted five and struggled, but he wasn't alone. Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott laid just a huge egg against the Buccaneers. Austin Eckler, who a lot of people were really high on thinking he might finish the league as like, or finish the season as maybe a top three to five running back, didn't produce. Derrick Henry, who's typically as steady as they come, I think had just over 10 points. And to a lesser extent, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, obviously less is expected of Clyde than those other guys previously mentioned, but still he didn't really produce very much either. So really a tough week for a lot of the running backs drafted early on, you know, particularly those first round running backs. It was, it was a really rough week for some of them. Yeah. I mean, and I think four, one, two, three, four, no, five of the six were first round picks for us. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And then, you you know, you had a few, you had Travis Kelsey taken in the first round, obviously Kamara and McCaffrey were also taken the first round, but um, that's half or five of the 12. That's almost half of the first round really didn't produce for their team. So that's a really tough result for a lot of those star running backs. Yeah. I mean, just to kind of throw this question back at you, do you think it was play calling or like, man, it just, just a rough showing. Well, we talked about Saquon. I just think the giants are intentionally bringing him along slowly. His offensive line is freaking terrible, but I, I really think when Saquon's healthy, there's maybe nobody better than him. Um, so even with that decimated offensive line, I think he should still produce, you know, 15 points. Uh, Aaron Jones, 
I don't know what was up with the Packers this week. They looked – I mean, Aaron Rodgers scored one that. fantasy point. Devontae Adams only had 10, I think. Yeah, Yeah, I read somewhere that if Aaron Rodgers would have spiked the ball on every single play, he would have had a higher passer rating than he, than he ended up with at the end of the Saints game. That's just terrible. The Cowboys and Zeke, I mean, Zeke wasn't great last year, but the Bucks defense is really good. That front seven is really solid. They're tough to run against. And the Cowboys seemed to make the decision, hey, we're going to throw the ball around the field this game. The Titans, same thing. The, the, their offensive line was really struggling. Ryan Tannehill was sacked five times. Henry couldn't really get anything going. So, I mean, Derrick Henry, the guy, especially at the end of the season, there's no, there's no one I would want on my team for more for the playoffs than Derrick Henry. So I'm not really worried about him. I think they'll get it going. I think all these guys are too good to, you know, expect this to continue at least in any significant way. But yeah, it was a, a tough week for a lot of star running backs. Maybe if there's one that's questionable, what of those six, what's the most questionable one that may not recover or come back to what he's been? Well, I'm going to eliminate Clyde out of that six because I think he's on a different level, right? I think okay. those those other five, Saquon, Aaron Jones, Zeke, Eckler, and Henry are all a little bit better. And we've talked about Saquon, Saquon so I'm going to I'm going to assume that Saquon gets healthy fully in the next few weeks and returns to his touch and production level of previous years, right? Yeah. If if we're if we're basing this prediction off that assumption, I think it's Zeke. Aaron Jones and Eckler are really reliable in the passing game. Zeke less so. The Cowboys rely on Tony Pollard in a lot of those situations. And Zeke really struggled last year and he lost Lyle Collins, his starting right tackle, for I think five games. So um, I was actually listening to the radio today, and they were talking about who's going to fill in a right tackle. They were thinking about moving Martin over, but I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to go uh, with a guy named Steele. He's a backup right tackle, and he's apparently not very good. So I think it's got to yeah. be Zeke. Plus, the Cowboys. They're going to throw them, a lot. Yeah, they have more talent at wide receiver than any of those other teams. Mm-hmm. And and I think they like to throw the ball, and they, they're pretty darn good at it based on that Bucks game. So. Yeah, I think Zeke is probably the one to to really yeah. – assuming Saquon gets healthy, which is a big assumption, I think Zeke is the one that you should be most worried about. Yeah, I mean, I actually agree with you. Even as a Cowboys fan, I'm circling Zeke on that list. Yeah, I think he's sure. the most questionable. So, all right, Will, thanks for the takeaway for week one. Uh, throw, kicking it to you, John. Uh, maybe what's a, a kind of overall takeaway leaving week one? Yeah, so I think two uh, – two, uh, one quick one was – you know, Matt Lance's team, the Funky Town fellows, apparently he does have a pretty good bench. So we, we missed on that one. Um, well, Honeycutt and I missed on that one last week. And and not only bench, his starters are really, really good. Oh, yeah, he killed it. Yeah. Which uh, is how you win a fantasy league. So That is very true. I mean, they're a solid team. It's true. Um, but I think my biggest take, like, it was – Halfway through the first set of games, and and McLaren hadn't had didn't have a uh, single target, and neither did Brandon Ayuk, and the both of those guys I was pretty high on. I don't have Ayuk, but I have him in a different league. But I was just shocked. I mean, McLaren ended up working out. He he did decent, but Ayuk played like twenty six snaps, I think, and didn't have any any targets, which was just surprising because he really was a kind of a standout guy last year. So that really kind of surprised me. I don't know if it's because Debo is back and healthy or uh, what the deal is in San Francisco with him, but that was a kind of a takeaway. I, obviously, I was worried about McLaren for their for a little bit, but it just surprised me that they didn't get involved as quickly. And obviously, you know, 
Ryan Fitzpatrick going down. Super nervous about that when it happened, but I think Henneke is going to be, I think he'll fill in just fine. One interesting stat on Terry McLaurin I saw today that he's he's averaged three games per quarterback. Like he's had a different quarterback on average every three games. Who is this? Sorry, who'd you say? McLaurin? Terry McLaurin, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And that's just tough, man. It's tough to get a rhythm. But he's produced. So, you know, I mean, like he's been, yeah. I mean, he's been good despite that. So if they can lock down a quarterback in Washington, then maybe that's good news. I mean, the word on the street is they're, Rivera has got the connection with Cam Newton. So they're, they're like, man, do we bring in Cam? I, I don't know if they'll pull the trigger, but I would we'll not see. like that. That, yeah, I don't think that would improve McLaurin's stock. Yeah, I, I agree. But uh, that's been kind of tossed out there. All right, John, thanks. I'm going to just do a quick one. I mean, I always know this going into the season, but I always forget it, and it just slaps me in the face week one. It's just how crowded the backfields are for an RB. I mean, I could name a just a solid list. Ravens, Raiders, Jags, Texans, like – who is going to win those jobs? It was like 50-50 on carries and pass attempts. There's so many others. It's just crowded backfields. Who's going to get the points? Even for some of these, like we talked about with Will, with your quick takeaway, even with some of those big-name round ones, there still was a, a pretty decent split in shares on carries and stuff. So interesting to see how that all shakes out, if it was more so just play calling for week one or if they're going to share a lot more carries than expected. So that's kind of my interesting takeaway from week one, hoping that we can start nailing down some serious RB1s and they're getting some more of the shares, especially for my guys, Mike Davis and James Robinson. Uh, yeah, Mike, Mike Davis might have some stiff competition in the form of Cordell Patterson. What the heck? He came in and he started running through some holes, and I'm like, the dude actually looks like he could be a running back. Yikes, honey. Is he still yikes. listed as a running back and receiver in fantasy? That is a great question. I don't know. No, okay, no one cares because no one was going to draft him, and yet here he is getting relevant production as a running back for the Falcons, stealing carries. Just got a note from us, intern Steve. He is just a running back right now. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. The crazy thing is Mike Davis still had, I think, 15 carries and I think five pass attempts or targets. And so, I mean, that's still decent for a running starting running back. But I was hoping more of like 20 to 30 carries, that type of thing. So we'll see how all that shakes out. I just think it's interesting to watch some of the crowded backfields and some of the injuries. Uh, I didn't put the 49ers. They had a huge injury come down. So what's their, yeah, what's their backfield going to look like? Just another example of a crowded backfield. So we'll see. We will see. Um, but, guys, let's hop into it. I think everyone is waiting to hear, did their team move up or move down from preseason to week one power rankings? So I'm going to toss it over to Will and let him run through real quick the order for week one power rankings. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm going to start from number 12, work my way up to number one. Uh, there really was no other choice for number 12. <laughs> no than, other choice. Than Daddy Kyle. And the reason why there was no other choice is that his highest scorer had 12.1 points. And that, who was that position that, on his team? That was Justin Jefferson that scored 12.1 points. Just a terrible week all the way through. Uh, no one played well. Aaron Rodgers scored one point. Yeah, it was rough. Like we, we mentioned, he could have done better if he would have just spiked the ball every time he threw it. But I have a really hard time believing that Aaron Rodgers, Justin Jefferson, Calvin Ridley, and George Kittle, those are 
all, Justin Jefferson and Calvin Ridley are great players. I expected Aaron Rodgers to go on the Aaron Rodgers revenge tour all season long and just completely yeah. dominate, which I think a lot of people did because Aaron Rodgers seems to play best whenever he, he feels like he's been, you know, wronged, wronged in some way. Yeah, and, and George Kittle, you know, 10 points, not like the worst showing ever for a tight end, but it's definitely not great. He's tied in 16 after week one, so – there's really no other choice. I, I completely expect this team to bounce back at least a little bit, but they did lose Mostert, so they might be in trouble at running back. Zeke had a tough matchup like we previously talked about. Can he become the Zeke from that we known pre-last year, or will it be more of the same from last year? And, you know, with Mostert on the IR, I'm looking at his bench. Maybe Jamal Williams can can plug that hole. He did really well this week. As yeah, I want to talk about that later. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get to the Detroit Lions running backs, but I – I don't – I'm not a believer quite yet that Jamal Williams can fill in. So, you know, maybe he'll look to the waiver wire or something like that. But there was really no other choice than than this team at number 12. Uh, number 11. Well, and real quick on that, uh, on him specifically, it looks like he had the biggest differential from his preseason power ranking to his week one. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, he, he dropped nine points. He was number three. And, again, you know, you look at the talent on his team, right? You. It's there. It, it's it there. It, it was just a really, really bad week. So, like I said, I expect this team to pop back up the rankings because, again, Rodgers, Jefferson, Ridley, and Kittle all scoring less than 12 points. The chances of that have to be astronomically low. So, um, the talent's there, but tough week. One thing and, on that, Will, before you jump forward, you know it's bad when Aaron Rodgers is outscored by a teammate named A. Rodgers. Yeah, there was another A. Rodgers <laughs> yeah. on the Packers who outscored Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, just Sad. an all-around terrible week. Losing Mostert obviously is the the cherry on top of the awful Sunday. Ta-da-tsh. That's a good joke there by me. Mm-hmm. That was Kyle's Sunday. So, gotcha. Um, number eleven, uh, the Millennium Falcons. I said from the start, this was a boomer or bust team. And this week, this team went bust, not completely, but in a pretty big way. Uh, the running backs, who were the most boomer bust of every position group on this team, complete bust. Uh, Tannehill, who's been one of the most consistent fantasy performers of the last several years, was terrible. Julio Jones was terrible. Mark Andrews was terrible. There is some hope for this team, though. The, the bench was incredible. Uh, yeah, this team, they have some options. Got some options yes. to move some players up. Yeah, and, and honestly, like maybe too many options, right? Because if you look at the bench, Debo Samuel scored 33 points and I think clearly established himself as the number one wide receiver in San Francisco. Hollywood yeah. Brown got 20 points. I think it's clear he's the number one guy. And then Rob Gronkowski, 29 points. Now, of that group, Gronk is probably the least likely. But if he can regain half of that form and get 15 points a week, that's phenomenal. So, um, And Higgins had a good week. CeeDee Lamb had a good week. So we expected a slow start from Saquon Barkley and to an extent Najee Harris. So that's not completely out of the realm of possibilities, but there is some room for wide receiver and flex for this team. To and, it, and it just gets tough on that decision when, man, do I play these guys in my starting lineup or my bench? Like if you have to have that decision every week, it's just taxing. Like Agreed. who do I play this week? Who do I play? Who do I play? Agreed. Um, so just I, I have heard intern Steve let me know that 
the London Falcons are ready to move some wide receivers. So if you want some wide receiver help, I have, excuse me, the Millennium Falcons have plenty <laughs> of options to, to move. So, Gotcha. Um, and, yeah. I mean, on that team, I would circle Julio Jones and Najee Harris. Like, I, I'm expecting more out of those two players eventually. Yeah. And so I don't really know. I think Tennessee's uh, – they, they just looked off. Like we talked about with the Packers, something wasn't going well with their offense. Yeah, absolutely. So, so uh, we'll see. I think that team has hope. I think so, too. Like I said, this team is boomer bust. This week was definitely bust. But there's a lot of talent here, and I think it could, especially if Saquon and Najee get going, could be boom pretty quick in a, in a big-time way. So next, in number 10, we have Big Easy. There was really no real bright spots on this team, uh, with the exception of Antonio Brown. Hits was okay in his, his debut. For example, he did better than Austin Hooper or – uh, Mark Andrews, who were two of the top, you know, five to ten tight ends, but Henry and Clyde were terrible. Callaway did not produce. That was kind of unlucky though, because Jameis Winston threw for like 128 yards, but five touchdowns. So just a really weird game. That Saints Packers game was crazy weird. And then you look at the rest of the team. The the bench isn't very good. It was an all around dud game for Tennessee, and this team has a few Tennessee players. Mm-hmm. Um, including AJ Brown, so a player I'll circle there though. I really did like in, or enjoyed watching Henderson run when they did give him the ball for the Rams. I think he looks pretty good. Yeah, uh, I, I watched I think, a little bit of that game. He's I think an he could be an option. Guy. Yeah, I think he could be an option, especially if, for example, Clyde doesn't produce. Also, Ronald Jones is going to get the start uh, for Tampa Bay this upcoming week. I read so um, this team I think should get a little bit better as well. I mean. I don't think Marquez Calloway is going to get like zero points, like he did, or two points, or whatever it was, like he did last week. Josh Allen, sixteen points. I think he's capable of more. So, but I think when you look at this team, there's there's less options than the Falcons, but their team did perform significantly better this week. So um, we'll see how that plays out in the future. Yeah. All right. Next, we'll go with Matty Ice and the boys. Tough week at running back for these guys. They combined scored less than 20 points. Devontae Adams, I mean, 10 points, huge bummer. But we've talked about that Packers game, terrible. Corey Davis was this was my sleeper pick for the year, and he came up with 26.7 points. That's great. Um, and I was kind of doing the math here, and I think if you add, like, Russell Wilson's about where you would expect him to be. DK Metcalf, maybe a little bit under. Corey Davis, maybe a little bit over. Tyler Higby, probably there. So, you know, I, I would probably tack on 10 or 15 points, their total of 115 to kind of get maybe what they should expect when everyone kind of scores their average. So I think there's still room for improvement here. It didn't have a great week, but that running back situation might be tricky. So that might be something that the boys might need to, to look into. Um, I've also heard a little rumor from that team manager that they are looking to move some receivers on the bench to get some running back help. So, you know, just yeah. throwing that out there to the people of the league. Deontay Johnson, LaVisca Chenault. I mean, I don't know if anybody would want a Denver Bronco wide receiver, but Cortland Sutton's there. So, yeah, we'll see. There, there could be a lot of moving pieces before this is all said and done. So, I might be hitting both of y'all up for some trades. Well, I'm listening. I'll open ears here. Next, we have uh, Run DMC. I still don't think this team is great, but, 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 Mixon had a good week. 
It is, yeah. however, going to take. Uh, are you going to say, say that one more time for me? I will later. Uh, okay. It okay. will take more than one week, one week though, for me to be a mixing believer. I'm not there yet. Also of note, Kyler Murray scored about the same as uh, Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert on his own. So <laughs> I don't know if that was a great trade. Now it's still early. It's week one. But I think I made a similar point last week. Kyler Murray was by far the best player in that trade. And I think on a like point total basis, I think you lose. But we'll see. We'll see what that looks like. I will forward. say, I will say on Keenan Allen, he had nine receptions and he had thirteen targets. Yes, and didn't even get in the end zone. So I mean, his score could have been way higher. His score could have been way higher. I think Justin Herbert's probably going to score more than fourteen points on a week to week basis. So yeah, yeah, he went through one touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't think that Kyler Murray is going to essentially outscore or score the same as Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen moving forward. But it's just an interesting note. To be fair, too, though, I did get Jerry Judy in that trade, which I know now he's hurt for a couple weeks. But true, you know, it's not and and Claypool, so it's not. I mean, just talking Kyler versus those two guys, I wouldn't have traded Kyler for Kyler Murray. I wouldn't have traded Justin Herbert and and Keenan Allen just for Kyler Murray. So right. talking in that context is a little bit not. I mean, that's not really you know that's not what the trade was. So, but at the end of the day, yeah, but Kyler Murray player. still scored just as much as Justin Herbert and Keenan. I think Allen. That's, yeah. the cor- that's the correlation he's trying to make. Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree, didn't score. Y'all, are, y'all said that, which I agree with. I'm just saying. Then you went on to say, but that's not going to happen every week. And it's like, no, it won't. But that's not why I made the trade either. Does that make? That's what I'm saying. But I, I, I understand no, yeah, what you're yeah. saying. Right here, I hear what you're saying. I, I would say. I mean, also interesting with Run DMC is he made the right call at tight end. He got a touchdown out of the tight end. Got ten points. I know they only got two receptions, but yeah. But that's going to be tough every week having to probably hit the waiver wires to try to find a tight end. Yeah, Gronk or Mark Andrews might be available. So that's you know, true. We'll that's see. True. We'll see. Um, all right, next we're up to number seven. We're going to talk about Gangsta's Paradise here. There were too many guys scored way more than they typically would for this team to be any higher than seven. I mean, okay, look, are, do we think David Montgomery and DeAndre Swift are going to score a combined 45 points every week? I definitely do not. Jalen Hurts is a really good player. I think he'll be a reliable fantasy option. We talked about this last week. He has a really high floor, but I don't think 28 points is realistic. And DeAndre Hopkins is great. Travis Kelsey's great. But I think they're a little bit higher than what they typically would score. So DJ Chark, though, solid player. He had almost 18 points this week. This is going to be a good team. They need some help with their flex. Uh, they started Randall Cobb, who did not do very well. No one on their bench did particularly well either. So that might be yes. an issue for this team. But I, I, I think this team will drop as the as the weeks go on. So they're seven for now. Look for this team to drop a little bit. I don't want to keep us here too long, but I really wanted to camp out on this matchup. And since I think the the team that they played last week is going to be right close to them in the rankings, okay, Gangster's Paradise could have literally played anybody on their bench in their flex position, and they'd have won. Yeah, yeah. I mean, any 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 other player that could have been a flex player, and they would have won. It was just that was a really good matchup. Really close, one fifty nine point seven to one fifty nine point two. Yeah. So stinks to those are the weeks that you just hate to lose. Agreed. Agreed. And and to your point, my number uh, six team is the Chubby Girlies. Yeah. Uh, again, I think everybody pretty much maxed out their production here. Robert Tanyan maybe a little bit better. Mahomes got thirty four points. You can't really expect more than that. Chubb twenty two. Melvin Gordon twenty two. 
Did anybody expect that? I didn't expect that. Did not. not really, but they didn't yeah. do anything else besides run the ball. So Right, right. And then Cooper Cup and Tyler Lockett. We talked about both of these guys last week. Tyler Lockett, real boom or bust. This was obviously a nice boom week, and we kind of talked about Cooper Cup last week. I think he's a really good player. I don't think he's getting you 25 points every week. Same with Jarvis Landry. I don't think he's getting you 20 points every week. Now, the thing about this team, though, Jamar they have Jamar Chase, Chase sitting oh, on yeah. the bench. Uh-huh. Uh, Jamar Chase, I don't think we talked about him in breakout players for the season. He was drafted 58th overall in the fifth round. The guy is a beast. I mean, I, I look good. so obviously I am pretty familiar with him. And last year when A.J. Terrell and from Clemson, who's now with the um, Atlanta Falcons, and Diggs, who is the cornerback for the Cowboys, both said the hardest person they've ever had to guard was Jamar Chase. Hmm. Think about the guys, those guys, think about the players those guys go against in practice. You had guys like T. Higgins, Justin Ross at Clemson. You have Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, all these guys that they were going against in practice. And they said the hardest one to, to guard was Jamar Chase. So, their their wide receivers did phenomenal this week, but if I think, for example, Jamar uh, Jarvis Landry's production is going to drop a little bit, I think you can plug Jamar Chase there, and I think you're, you're going to win. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was actually across the board a, a pretty big win uh, for the Bengals offense. I mean, Mixon had a good week, Chase had yeah. a good week, Higgins had a good week. Yeah, kind of like I talked about, like yeah. Bengals Cowboys receivers. I think with with Boyd and with Gallup, they're more flex plays, but still, I think they're going to be good, solid flex plays yeah, what for did, you. What did Boyd end up with? Where was Boyd at this week? I think he was under ten points, and I think okay. Gallup was as well. Uh, maybe we can get intern Steve to look into that for us. I'm a little higher on Boyd than Gallup. I'd expect him to be a little bit more consistent. But. Yeah, and I think they will. Um, I think both of those players will. I don't think. Amari Cooper, as good as he is, is going to get 40. I think Gallup's going to take some of that, uh, a little bit of that production. So, anyways. Yeah, what a good matchup this week. That was a that was one that I circled, and I was keeping up with him watching. It was fun. Yeah. And so these uh, guys, I mean. Intern Steve, Boyd had 6.2, and yeah. Gallup had 7.6. Yeah. So, okay. not not great, but I do expect those guys to, to step up a little bit. So, um, and, and these two guys were, I think, the highest scores of the week, along with the Funky Town fellas. Yep. But – they are this low because I do think this was like the upper limit of what their team was capable of, right? I, I don't think they can necessarily go any higher, which is not necessarily the case for the rest of the teams. So let's look at the next one. We have number five, no keepers league. Weird week. Hawkinson scored 26. Ayuk scored zero. Eckler and, Cors- Eckler and Chris Carson score less than the Steelers D. But they won and they scored a lot of points. Tom Brady had 28. Stefan Diggs had 16. Chris Godwin, 25. Like, I think this is a good team. I'm really a little concerned about Brandon Ayuk, though. Um, Debo Samuel seems like the guy in San Francisco. And I don't know if, I don't know how much Ayuk is going to eat into that. Obviously, more than zero points, but I'm a little concerned. But Sterling Shepard had a huge game. So, yeah, sneaky. Did, sneaky. Yeah. Right as did Zach Pascal. So, I think this team has some options for that flex. I, I expect Eckler and Carson to do better. I expect Diggs to do a little bit better than 16. He's probably closer to a 20-point guy, or at least I would hope he is, as the number one wide receiver in that Buffalo offense. So, um, But this is a solid team, really nice win. Uh, they should 
look forward to next week because they've got a pretty good team and and I think they could do well. So next we have hold my cook, hold my cook. Uh, nice solid week, scored almost 130 points, but I think this was probably a down week for this team. Um, I think Lamar Jackson probably scored less than he was hoping for or what you might expect. Mike Evans scored less than what you might expect and Austin Hooper. And then they obviously got really good production on Tyree Kill, but I mean, Tyree Kill's amazing. So yeah, it might be a little bit less than 38 on a week to week basis, but I think you're probably looking at a 25 point guy out of Tyree Kill, honestly. Brandon Tyree Kill, Kill had 15 targets. Yeah. Almost I mean, 200 yards. That's yeah. The, guy, the guy's amazing. I don't really like any other pass catcher in Kansas City, with the exception, obviously, of Travis Kelsey. None of them really do it for me from a fantasy perspective. Travis Kelsey is by far the best. Tyree Kill, or Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey are by far the best. Even a guy like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he just doesn't quite do what he needs to do to be a real factor from a fantasy perspective. So if you have Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey, I would expect no less than 20 points almost every single week. You might have one or two weeks where you have less than that, but they, they are on a stacked offense with Patrick Mahomes, who loves to throw the ball, and there's really not many other viable options. So, Man, um, and also the bench here, Kareem Hunt, easily can slide into the flex. Look yeah. like he's going to still get plenty. And then Mike, Mike Williams, Williams looked like he, he is probably the surefire number two um, there. And maybe one, Keenan Allen, I don't know. They're both, they both got close to the same target share. Yeah, they're they're both solid. Um, you know, so, I, so like I would, you were saying, I think this team has a potential to be right. higher average, even than one twenty eight. Right, I agreed. Which is why they're four. So they're they're pretty darn high. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll move to number three, the Birdman. Man, okay, this is the biggest jump. It looks like. I was shocked. I was shocked by this score. I really was. Um for several reasons, right? Matthew Stafford is a good quarterback, always has been. Maybe being in L.A. has just turned him into a, a, like a, a really good fantasy quarterback. He had 25 points this week, um, which is a, a good number for a quarterback. I didn't really expect him to, to be super fantasy relevant, but this is a really good start for him in L.A., so – I'll keep an eye on him for the rest of the season because maybe he'll surprise me. Maybe this move to L.A. under Sean McVay is really going to help him from a fantasy production standpoint. Dalvin Cook is Dalvin Cook, 20 points, no problem. Damian Harris got 12. Honestly, I'm shocked when any when any Patriots running back gets more than, like, five. So this is a great result. Robert Woods and D.J. Moore were honestly about what I would expect. I'd probably expect Woods to get a little bit more than that. But Darren Waller is amazing. Um, we'll talk about him later. Yeah, and then Tyson Williams, Tyson Williams, however you say his name, eighteen point four points. Ah, that's that's a lot. But here's the problem, right? This is why this team is number four. When I look at this team and I look at the players, they scored one hundred and forty four points, and I don't know if any of their numbers is going to move that much. Like, obviously, Darren Waller will move a little bit. He's not going to average 28 points a game. But like I said, I think he's good enough to get close to 20. The guy's amazing. And so Robert Woods, so you drop him by 5, 10. Robert Woods, I think you're probably looking at a 15-plus with him. So, you know, this is about what I would expect this team to get, and that's a pretty high number at 144. So, um, And then Jalen Waller got 16. Devontae Smith got 19. 
They both They're, impressed me, man. The young receivers, they looked really good. Yeah, the perennial, the perennial uh, Birdman wide receiver Cole Beasley, 14 in Buffalo. Jared Cook is back up tight end with 10. So, like, this is a good team, and I, I think this is about what you might expect for them, at least until someone gets hurt or something happens. But um, watch out for this team because I was not very high on them, but I'm looking at their score. I'm looking at what they scored. This is about what I would expect. So, um, well done. That's a good week for, for Bird. Unfortunately, they still lost, and we'll get to the number one team in a minute. Second is CMC. Um and I've, I've kind of mentioned this before, Kyler Murray plus Christian McCaffrey equals tough matchup. You know, like yes. Terry McLaurin had a bad week. Jerry Judy had an okay week. He had 13 points, but he went down. Noah Fant had a solid week for a tight end. Not great. Josh Jacobs, I think he's a pretty good player, 17. You know, I would not be shocked if he averaged that for the year. And you still had like a couple guys who weren't very good, Miles Gaskin or Terry McLaurin. So really when you're when you have Kyler Murray and Christian McCaffrey, you're starting out with like 60 points. Mm-hmm. And that's really tough to overcome if you're almost anybody else. So this and McCaffrey solid. didn't even get in the end zone. I know. Yeah, that was I, I know. Cool. that it, is crazy. It's it's really quite amazing what that guy is capable of. And you know, I think adding guys like Latavius Murray, who I expect to get an increased load of that Baltimore backfield as he gets accumulated. He still had 8.8 points, which is a pretty solid debut, you know, getting uh, acquired what, like on Wednesday or Thursday or whatever it was. So Yeah, he got more touches than I, I expected. Yeah, to and he had a great year last year with New Orleans. He's been really solid for them for a couple of years. I would not be shocked if he took over the starting role in Baltimore. I really wouldn't. I think he's that good of a player. So, um I would tell this manager though their their bench is a little weak on the weak side, uh, especially not knowing that they're going to have to replace Judy. I mean, they're going to need to go out and get some help. Yeah, they're going to need a wide receiver. So uh, just put up Christian McCaffrey. I'm sure you'll get a lot of uh, suitors, and uh, it's a reasonable reasonable option. Guys, um, check out how how efficient McCaffrey was though. He had nine receptions on nine targets for 89 yards. Yeah, I mean, and guy, rushing yards, crazy. The guy's amazing. He's a great player. I mean, he was awesome. two yards away from getting the extra point for the hundred yards. Yeah, That's it. he's he's amazing. And he did not get in the end zone. That I is know. so crazy. Uh, and then, last but not least, the team with the best draft, uh, the Funky Town Fellas. Funky Town Fellas. And Number here's and here's what's amazing about this team. If I would have told you that Aaron Jones and Antonio Gibson would have scored up a combined 16 points. And they saw have said, 159 points? I would have said, yeah, I would have said this team lost by a lot. But they won by a lot over a team that scored 144 points. Like, this was an amazing week. Dak is going to be solid. He's got too many weapons. Um, Amari Cooper is one of those weapons. I don't think he's scoring 40 every week. But he's probably going to be pretty darn good. It's it's Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, and I do think this 30 and Justin Jefferson's like 12 might flip-flop a couple times, meaning Mm -hmm. Thielen gets 12 and Jefferson gets 30. But I think on average they're both going to be in that 15 to 20 range, you know, which for a number two wide receiver is really solid. And then I was kind of dogging on Jalen Rager. He had 17 points, which is good. Yeah, but, you know, there's other really good – like Dallas Goddard. I think Dallas Goddard will be this team's starting tight end uh, 
at, by the end of the year. I think it's pretty good. They do need another wide receiver because I don't think Gabriel Davis or Rondo Moore is really going to do it. Uh, Henry Ruggs didn't look great and hasn't looked great. So we'll see what they do. Jalen Rager's fine for now. But if anything happens, this team's really kind of teetering a little bit. But again, Dak, Amari, Adam Thielen, Aaron Jones, and Antonio Gibson is a really tough way to start. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, and kind of kind of the eye test on this team, like we talked about other teams, when you average it out, they're going to be pretty close to 150 every week. Yeah, I, I, mean, I would I would think so. I mean, that's a really, really good team. Because so. Gibson and Jones didn't perform, and that may average out with Cooper's big game and Thielen's big game as they kind of switch. So, I mean, right. I could see this team scoring above 150 a lot. Yeah, and I, I, as the season goes on, these numbers will drop, but I, I do think that, this is a really solid start, and I think this is a nice baseline when you've got players like Dak and Aaron Jones and, you know, Amari Cooper and Adam Thielen. Kind of like the whole Kyler Murray, Christian McCaffrey thing to a lesser extent, but you're starting with a really high number with those guys. Like, I think you're going to get 80 points with those five guys. So that's going to be tough. Yes, agreed. Well, thanks for leading us through. Any last comments on week one power rankings before we move on? Yeah, these are going to switch a ton because, like I've mentioned before, I think some guys, especially at the bottom, uh, are really going to – you're going to see them, their teams perform well. Daddy Kyle, for example, that was just the ultimate bad week. I expect them to at least be way more competitive than that and to – to win several games and shoot up the rankings. So these will move quite a bit as the season goes on, but I think for now this is a really good start. Yes, and maybe tell us, I'm curious to know the insights of the Willis Cool system. So is it more of a week-by-week look, or does it start compounding on each other as we get more weeks? So, yeah. What's that formula look like? Well, it's proprietary, so I can't divulge too much, but what I will say is the more data, the more accurate the results, right, like with anything else. The more data points, the more accurate the results. So, you know, we had some big movers this week. Some slight movers, they'll start to start to zero in on where they're truly going to be probably around week five or week six. So, you know, there's been several times where John Lassie's team has been 8-0, and and yet they've been seven in the power rankings because they weren't a very good team, and that has proven true. <laughs> so look for that to happen as the season goes on. John, I'm in the same boat with you. That's happened to me a few years with this system. Too. But both of you are that's that's like y'all's mo. So um, you can call it luck. You can call it being a good manager. Whatever you want to say. I call it luck because then you never win. But anyways, we, we yeah, can, we'll we'll <laughs> say we're not good managers because uh, we'd never make it oh, to the end. No, that's that's not necessarily true. But the instances where I'm talking about, it was luck. So. I do agree that one time I started off 8-0 was luck. Last year I had the best re- regular season record at 11-2. and two. I don't feel like it's luck to go 11-2. and two. I think my no, team – No, but you did, you did not have the best team by the end of the year. But I don't, I don't feel like – I mean, I don't know. I don't feel like 11-2 and two is luck as much as it is. No, you had a really good team last year. I guess I can't say it's unlucky if, if I'm not saying it's lucky, so maybe you're right. You had a really good team last year. I'm not, I'm not disputing y'all's – Merits as a manager. I'm just saying there have been a few instances where you guys have, you know. I mean, truly you define a great manager when you get that championship. That's right. That's that's what we measure at the Willis Cool system. So that's true. No rings, no care. That's right. 
We can't all be the goat like Tom Brady and have all the rings. Well, guys, let's let's uh, keep trucking along. Let's move to top performers for week one. There were some that were shocking out there. Um, and so, Will, I'm going to start with you. What, who were your maybe one or two top performers? Yeah, so one? so one of these guys was uh, one of my preseason, you know, watch out for this guy. I think he's a pretty good player. And that was Corey Davis. Corey Davis, had a, Corey Davis had a really solid week. Uh, he had 97 yards, two touchdowns, seven targets, five receptions. Uh, so really, really good start. Obviously, that's a touchdown production is fantastic, but he still had almost 100 yards. He averaged almost 20 yards of reception. So guys are guys a good player. He was good in Tennessee, solid number two. I think he'll do just fine in New York. When he's healthy, he's yeah. had some injury stuff. Yeah, he won't be 27 points every week, but I think he's a, a really – a really, really good player that will be relevant for fantasy um, as a wide receiver too, most likely. So, you all think uh, Jamison Crowder coming back hurts him at all? I, I mean, think, I think up, uptick uh, or downtick a little bit, but not a ton. Yeah, I, I almost think Corey Davis. I think he's a better player than Jamison Crowder. I've had Jamison Crowder mm-hmm. on a couple fantasy teams, and he's good. But I think Corey Davis is a little bit better, so I expect that to reflect in their fantasy production. But I do agree with Honeycutt. It should eat into Corey Davis's production a little bit, but I do think he's the better player. So Agreed. And then I have one more. Uh, my second uh, outstanding performer was Joe Mixon. Uh, a little bit louder for everyone out there. Joe Mixon. Okay. No, louder, Will, louder. Uh, it was Joe Mixon. Um, it's okay for you to say it maybe hesitantly or like talk, question mark. I talked a lot of garbage about Joe Mixon. I stand by what I said. Rumor, I do. rumor has it that Joe Mixon was one of our eight listeners to episode one, and I think that's what maybe you know, helped him out. Has to be. Because right now, right now he's sitting at position rank number two. He scored 26 points. He had 29 carries, 127 yards, and a touchdown. Look, I don't know what happened. This is not going to be normal, all right? I'm just telling you guys that right now, this is not the norm. But I got to give credit where credit's due. He had a good week this week. He beat the Millennium Falcons almost single-handedly. He had like a fourth of the Millennium Falcons points on his own. So, you know... I'll begrudgingly give him credit for one good week. Anyways, those are my breakout performers. Yeah, and I'll go ahead and go. Um, I, I mean, Amari Cooper, 40 points. I know it's pretty like, man, he's, of course, duh, he's the top performer. But, I mean, he had 13 receptions, uh, I think 15 targets-ish. So, I mean, he had a great week. And I It'll go down a little bit, but I still think he is going to be super consistent and involved in that Dallas Cowboys offense on a regular basis. I loved having him on my team last year, and whoever has him this year, is it Funky Town? Yeah, it's Funky Town. Yeah, I I think he's going to be super consistent um, and continue. Maybe not as much of, of what he did this week, but 20 range, I think, for sure. And then my second one, man, I was shocked. When I looked at this, and the I think, ultimate, the ultimate shocker, agreed, one hundred percent. Yes, this was the ultimate shocker. Top performance was the Detroit backfield. 
when you have Swift with 24.4 points and then Jamal Williams with 25 points. Nuts. Blows my mind. I would love to have one of them on my team in my running back spot. Um, and I just – I highly doubt that they're going to keep this up, but what a incredible week one. Um, I'm, I was trying to pull up real fast. I wish intern Steve could get me these numbers. Um, what was their breakdown on carries and receptions between the two of those guys? Does anybody know? Yeah, Swift. Um, I have it right here. Swift had 11 carries and eight receptions and a, a receiving touchdown. And I don't Williams, know where is Williams, uh, Williams had nine carries, 54 yards, a touchdown, eight receptions, 56 yards. So I mean, he got I, he got five points on the on the ground, but he got almost uh, 15 through the air. So pretty pretty darn good. I think what's crazy about this one to look forward um, is that Swift didn't get as much uh, of the target shares and carries that I thought, and he still had 24.4 points. So, I mean, well, he, he was targeted 11 times. I thought he would have more carries though. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I think that's just interesting. If they, someone is going to get a little bit more there and then be consistent, a, a good top option as a running back. Well, I mean, they, they both almost, I mean, how many targets did Swift have again? 11. Yeah, I mean, Williams had eight receptions, uh, so I guess there's just no one else to throw the ball to in Detroit, which <laughs> that is there true. isn't. So, Hopkinson, yeah, yeah, Hawkinson. just yeah, and he had a huge game as well. So throw the ball and run the ball with Hawkinson, Williams, and Swift, and apparently that's how it's going to go. Yeah, and I just I think we're going to look back and be like, man, one of these two players is going to pan out. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not as optimistic as you are, but. I guess I, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I just like who, what, who else is going to get the ball there. And it looks like they found it in Swift and Williams. So we'll see. I, I think this is higher than normal, but I think one of these two guys is, is maybe going to uh, stand out and be like maybe a top 15 running back or something like that. So that's my top performers for week one. Lassie, what do you got for us? Yeah, so I had to go with uh, with my guy, the guy I got in the trade, Kyler Murray. Um, Homer, Homer. Five total touchdowns, 289 yards, 20 yards rushing. I mean, he just killed it. Um, I think he was the top or maybe one – I guess actually who, one quarterback outscored him. I can't remember who it was. Um, but just a solid, solid performance from Kyler. Um, and that's kind of what you expect with these, you know, a guy like him who can, who's a, a rushing threat. I mean, he had a rushing touchdown um, as well, so that helped. Um, and then my other, other kind of top performer is Darren Waller, the baller. He yeah. had 19 targets. 19 targets. Insane to me. 10 receptions on 19 targets and a touchdown, 105 uh, yards. He just, he just had a, a killer week. Yeah, and intern Steve just let me know Mahomes outscored Murray. Mahomes had thirty three point eight points. Yeah, there you go. Doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise me. I mean, Waller, Waller. I watched a little bit of that game. Derek Carr threw it to him all the time. I mean, yeah. literally all the time. And that's I expect nothing less than that. So, what? Uh, where was he the number two of the week tied in? Did Kelsey beat him out? No, I think Gronk. Kelsey Kelsey didn't beat him out. I think it was Gronk. Okay. Interesting. 
Kelsey scored scored like twenty five or something. Okay. Well, I mean, you're saying that Waller had twenty seven point five. Was he the top guy? No, Gronk, Gronk. Gronk at twenty nine. Gronk was okay. the top. So Gronk Waller on, on the bench. On the bench. <laughs> rough, rough. Debo Samuel on the bench. <laughs> Man, that manager might need to make some better decisions. He stinks. He stinks. Yes, he he stinks. Step it up. He stinks. Okay, well, <laughs> when your bench outscores your starters, that yeah, basically two players outscore my starters. <laughs> yeah, man. basically, I mean, it's pretty darn close to that. Rough. So it's terrible. Rough. Anyway, but man, going back to it, like, who do you take out of your starting lineup to replace those guys with? That's the tough part. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll it'll it'll be a, a liquid fluid situation. It's a fluid situation. <laughs> so. Great, great. Welcome to our new weekly segment led by one of our very own managers, Daddy Kyle, or Kyle Goria, where he tells us how he truly feels about the different managers in our league. All right, kicking it to you, Kyle. Each week, I go into great detail about how I truly feel about each and every team in our league. Love it or hate it, this isn't just my truth, it is the truth. And here we go. Funky Town fellas, with the biggest nuts in the league and his team still pitting up 154 with Aaron Jones only scoring four points. Funky Town looks like he could forge ahead and own the division. Chubby girlies are swift. Is the chubby girl the best looking one in the league? Or will the attraction fade back to his typical ugly, dumb, and or hideous once MG3 and Lockett come back down to earth? Run CMC. If you look up Lassie in the dictionary, it means girl. And we all know who truly manages this team. His wife, a girl, and her fantasy roster is very top heavy. Who does she have outside of Kyler and McCaffrey? After the Judy injury, I can hear her Baylor boots shaking from here. She can copy someone's team with the best of them, but can she actually compete in this league? I'm thinking no. Run DMC. One thing we can all count on, Bryce being thrilled about a mediocre performance from his team. Mixon, he's gonna be hurt in a few weeks. Gerald Everett, that's his starting tight end. Giving up Kyler could be the biggest mistake of his life, even more than that blonde sophomore year of college. Daddy Kyle, with a player average of a whopping seven points. Daddy got punished last week. When your defense outscores your QB and running backs combined, Daddy deserves a naughty little spanking. As my dad, Coach Stacy Gore, used to say, that's piss poor, son. Piss poor. I'd be shocked if anyone besides Omar scores lower than that all year. The Birdman. The Tyler Mysterio man put up a great score last week, but can Matt Stafford keep up that pace? I don't believe his receiving core will win him any games. His championship hopes are plucked if he can't find a receiver down the road. Gangsta's Paradise. Hard to find something to roast here. He is the true Matty Ice, not that other poser. 
calling it now back-to-back champions for Maddie Myers. Maddie Ice and the boys. The wannabe Maddie Ice was super chilly with the dead performance his team put up last week. Someone needs to mentor this guy on drafting a team. Not feeling super frisky about this team. You, Matthew Honeycutt, are the only one to blame for your roster. I hope you can feel my pain having to watch this year in and year out. The Willennium Falcons. The boomer bust team in the league went full on bust this week. You cannot, I repeat, you cannot win the league with Ryan Tannehill as your QB1. The embarrassment of living in your little brother's fantasy shadow is criminal. Will, here's an idea. Why don't you sue your brother due to the emotional distress of not being able to live up to his fantasy infamy? No keepers league. No matter what the fantasy app says or what our ridiculous ex-commissioner declares, this year or any year for that matter, Omar and his team does not impress me. NKL better enjoy this win. There won't be too many more down the road. The Big Easy. Not a good start to his FLFFL debut. Very average. Kind of like the yearly Timbers dodgeball team. Or their basketball team. Or their ultimate frisbee team. Welcome to the league, Monty. Hold my cook. I don't personally like the owner of this team or think he is remotely a decent human being, so I don't really have much to say about him. Luckily, he was playing Monty's team this week, and also luckily he auto-drafted Tyreek Hill. What he needs to do is he needs to spend those long waking hours in the middle of the night with his newborn researching how to be an effective fantasy owner or just researching how to be a good person. And that, my friends, is your week one edition of Kyle's Corner. Um, our next uh, segment, our section we want to cover, we want to do a little bit of matchup previews. We're going to forecast a little bit about week two's matchups, and we're literally going to go matchup by matchup, and we're all going to kind of pick who we think is going to take away this week um, in week two. So, Will, do you want to lead out in this and just walk us through each one, and then we'll give our uh, who we think is going to take away the win? Yeah, so I'll start with uh, Funky Town Fellas versus Big Easy. I think this is going to be a big bounce back week for Big Easy. I think they're going to perform much better, but that fellas team is too strong. I expect the fellas to win this game, um, not by a ton, but but handily. Agreed. I'm picking Funky Town, fellas. Same here. Funky Town for the win. All right. And then next we have Daddy Kyle versus Matty Ice. I think Daddy Kyle is a good team. I expect them to bounce back similar to – Big easy. Rodgers and Devontae Adams are on opposite sides this week, so they might offset each other a little bit. So I really look for Justin Jefferson and Calvin Ridley to be the difference between last week and this week for Daddy Kyle. And I look for them to take the win. Daddy Kyle is going to win this week. Oh, man. I'm going to go with Matty Ice and the boys. Um, I think I had a little bit of down week last week and hopeful that the guys recover and take it away. I'm hoping Devonte Adams scores a touchdown and gets a few more receptions to help me beat Daddy Kyle. Yeah, I'm going to go with Matty Ice and the boys too. I think. Come on, uh, let's go. They both had down weeks. Um, I'm not as convinced that um, 
I mean, I know Aaron Rodgers isn't going to score one point again like he did this week, but last year was kind of Aaron Rodgers' revenge tour. I don't know if he's going to have a revenge tour this year. So I'm going to go. I feel like I feel like every like three out of five years is an Aaron Rodgers revenge year. So I think he might be might be well within that range. I'm not sure, but we'll see. We'll see. We will see. All right. What do we got next? All right, so Run DMC versus No Keepers. Uh, this is a tough one to pick. I like this matchup. I like this matchup. Yeah, Mixon, Joe Mixon faces that Chicago front. Tampa Bay faces that terrible Atlanta team. So Brady and Godwin should feast, and Mixon might have a tough week. So, um, And it should be a good game for Chargers versus Cowboys. I think Eckler will improve. That Cowboys defense is not yet proven to be any better than it was last year. Um, and so Eckler's improvement might neutralize a little bit, uh, Herbert and Allen for the, for DMC. So, uh, I think it's going to be a pretty close one, but I'm, I'm going with the keepers here. I agree. I'm going keepers and I'm also calling Eckler 22 plus points this week. Nice. Bold prediction. Yeah. 22 plus. Cowboys D is down. I think he's going to get a lot of receptions and probably get in the end zone. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going with uh, no keepers league as well. I think um, I think Bryce's team uh, scored a little above their pay grade this this week. Um, I think Omar has a pretty good team, so I'm, I'm going to go with um, with no keepers. All right, and then we have Bird versus the Gangsters. I think this Gangsters team ends up with the best possible zero and two record. Uh, I think they lose again to Bird. Montgomery and Swift will not duplicate their production. And there's no reason to believe that Bird won't reproduce a similar score to last week, kind of like we talked about earlier. I think his team is about where it will continue to produce. So I'm going Bird here. Yeah, it took me it took me a second. I'm looking at the bench for Gangster's Paradise. I'm not sure if I like Beckham in the lineup. Um, but I, I think I'm going to go with Paradise. I think I'm going to go with Gangster's Paradise. Um, I think Kelsey, I'm interested in this Detroit's backfill with Swift. Um, Montgomery looked pretty good. I think I'm going to go with Paradise. I, uh, I'm i going Paradise also. I think Birdman is going to have, uh, for the similar reasons as what Will said, but I think, you know, flip the teams. I think Bird will have the, the best, will be the best 0-2 team. I think Gangster's pulls away with it. Yeah. Good matchup. Right. Yeah, this is a good one. The the next one that I think is the best. This is the best matchup of the week. The Chubby Girlies versus Hold My Cook. I think you've got some, you know, great quarterbacks. Uh Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes. Uh you've got some exciting wide receivers. You got Tyreek Hill, you've got Tyler Lockett, you know. Um but I'm looking for the girlies to come back down to earth a little bit, and I'm I'm going to take Cook in this one. Oh man, this is a hard one. I I'm going back and forth. Um, I I'm going to call Lockett being under ten points this week, though. Um, he I would love intern Steve to give me a stat line of how often, what's the, how many games in a row does he have over, or does he have those big games? I don't know. So I think I'm going to go with hold my Cook as well. Um, two and zero, uh, and Lockett not having as great of a game. 
You know, I am going to go with Chubby here. I think uh, Mahomes, Nick Chubb. I think Gordon's going to be solid. Cooper Cup's always solid. Lockett may not have a you know the the week he had this week, but I think he does more than ten Honeycutt. So um, I think Chubby's going to going to pull it out here. All right. All right, and last but not least, with the William Falcons versus Run CMC, I think this week is a big bounce back week for the Falcons, but not enough to overcome Christian McCaffrey and Kyler Murray. So this is going to be a tough start for the Falcons. I think they're going to be much improved this week, but this is really going to be a dream start for CMC. He's got, uh, I think, he'll end up with two and zero with with two pretty solid wins because um, I do think the Falcons will be much improved. But uh, yeah, this will be a nice, nice two and zero record for CMC to start the season. Yes. All right. I'm going to throw this out there. We'll see if it lands. I'm 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 calling um uh, I'm calling Millennium Falcons on the upset. I'm calling That's it. Bold. That's right really I'm going to change my pick from Matty Ice to Daddy Kyle. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry manager of Run CMC. Uh, because this week I think that McLaurin and Gaskins are going to outscore McCaffrey and Murray. Hmm. You really? think? Wait, say that again. I think McLaurin and Gaskins are going to combined are going to outscore the combination of Murray and McCaffrey. I think it's past your bedtime. I think it is too. I think that's a ridiculous call, but I'm putting it on the board, and we will see if it sticks. If you're yeah. right, if you're right. I will buy the trophy for this season, even though that's the the commissioner's job. If you're right, I will buy the trophy for this season. Okay, man. And if, there is, and if, and if you're wrong, I I didn't. I wasn't trying to enter into a bet with anybody. No, if if you're wrong, you have to buy a goldfish. I have to buy a goldfish. Yeah, a real live goldfish. Real live goldfish. I rescind my. Uh, all right, if you're right, I'll buy the trophy. Then we'll just stick with it. Okay, that. okay. I know it's bold. I know it's out there. I like the matchup, so. I'm, uh, I think Honeycutt's wrong. I think, I mean, I think McLaren and Gaskin are going to have good weeks, but I don't think there's any, I, I don't know. I wish that there was a way to figure out the percent chance that that could happen. I don't think there's any way they outscore Murray and McCaffrey. I, I can do the math real quick. I crunched numbers. It's, it's zero. So. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Guys, you got to make a few bold calls, you know. Yeah, but they should be, like, conceivable. We'll see. see. I do think, you know, uh, I'm a little – I am weak at wide receiver. You know, I've been hurt with some injuries with Gallup and Judy both out. So, that's hurting me. But, again, it's all about your starters. And I I have a feeling I'm going to pull this one out against the the Falcons. All right, so let's run through them real quick. I have – and fellas versus easy. I have the fellas. Who do you guys have, real quick? We all have fellas. Okay, Daddy Kyle fellas. versus Matty Ice. I have Daddy Kyle. Who do you guys have? Matty Ice. Matty Ice. Okay. DMC versus keepers. I have keepers. Keepers, keepers. as well. All right. Bird versus gangsters. I have bird. Gangsters. Gangsters paradise. All right. Girlies versus cook. I have girlies. I have cooks. I have uh, girlies as well. And then for CMC versus Falcons, I have CMC. And I have Falcons. And I have CMC. So is the only unanimous one the Keepers versus DMC? And Funky. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. All right. Sounds good. Did uh did you capture my bold predictions for every single one for the players? I don't remember what I said. I'll have to go back and listen. I, I just captured the most outlandish one, which is that you think Miles Gaskin and Terry McLaurin outscore Kyler Murray and Christian McCaffrey. Hey, you know, sometimes you just gotta put yourself out there, you know? Crazy. We'll honey see. Cut, honey cut. Trying, putting, trying to putting, spice this thing up. Putting yourself out there is like, oh, I think Miles Gaskin might outscore um Najee Harris, not I think Miles Gaskin will outscore Christian McCaffrey or <laughs> Kyler Murray, which is basically what you just said, because it's got to happen unless you think, oh, Terry McLaurin's going to score 100 points. So Go know. big or go home, you know. Go big okay. or go home. We will see. I like the matchups. I think McCaffrey is going to have less than he had last week because I think the Saints defense is pretty good. That is true. I think the Saints defense is pretty good. So we will see. We will see. Well, that's our matchups. Um, guys, I, I don't know about you, but I had some pretty good feedback. I was pretty excited to hear from some of our managers that they like the content of the podcast. Did y'all get any any feedback? I, I've, I heard from two people that they didn't listen to it. And Okay. Full disclosure, I didn't listen to it either because I don't listen to fantasy football podcasts. But I'm sure it was amazing. I'm sure it was amazing. Man, okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get any feedback besides what was on the group text. So, Okay. Well, I guess I'm alone in that. Well, I you're the commissioner. That. You're the one who should receive the feedback. Okay. If they hate it, they Good. should let you know. And I, I don't Good. have to deal with it. Awesome. Well, managers out there, we would love to hear your feedback. And how can we continue to make improvements to this podcast? We're enjoying doing it. And it's just for fun, really. But we don't mind getting a little bit of feedback so we can either you're enjoying it or we can make some upgrades. So uh, I think also, like John Lassie said, I think we now have a Twitter and an Instagram, right? We do, yes. And the handles are both the same. It is, uh, let me pull it up, make sure I get it right. It is FLFFFL underscore pod. So hit us up at FLFFFL underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. Or you can email us at FLFFFL dot pod at gmail.com. And we maybe if we get enough questions, maybe we'll do a mailbag episode. Mm, nice. I like the sound of that. I like that. Hey, Answer real quick. Real quick, Honeycutt, if you're wrong about your Miles Gaskin, Tara McLaurin, uh, prediction, you should have to show up to work wearing a fedora. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, mm. All right, we'll talk I'll, off air, we'll, but there's we'll gonna, something it. will come of this dumb prediction you just made. <laughs> so we're going to see. We're gonna, you might see Guys, something on the Instagram probably, page. I'll probably, I'll probably regret it, but you know. Yeah, that's I'm fine. Don't say that. stuff you're going to regret, Honeycutt. Okay. Well, Guys, that is another episode of FL FFL podcast, episode two, rolling into week two. Hope you have a great week, and I hope you losers do a better job to become winners in week two. Everyone root for Kyler Murray and Christian McCaffrey. I outscored Kyle last week, and that's all I care about. Uh, that wasn't very hard when he had 50-some points. <laughs> Still all I care about. 
All right. Keep it chilly, my friends. He's out. I don't listen to Nancy. Phillips.